This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Good afternoon. At the tone, Pacific Daylight Time will be... It's 5 o'clock. 5 o'clock. One step closer to my own personal hell. This is Primetime on Sports Radio 1080 The Fan. We expect the best. We're not afraid to break someone. Do you hear me? Primetime is your source for the best in local, regional, and national sports. Go ahead and clap. Mediocrity deserves applause. Isaac Rob, I'm miserable. I had to get up at 10 o'clock this morning. Jason Sakanik. I'm a dude playing a dude disguised as another dude. Primetime on 1080 The Fan. That's right, it's primetime. Are you excited for Coach Primetime? Coach Prime in the Pac-12? I don't know if I am. Well, I mean, oh, I... Oh, okay. interesting. I'm excited to see what happens. I don't know whether... Like, I guess, is my excitement tied to thinking that he's going to do great things? Or is it, it, it tied to not knowing what's coming? It's it's the latter. Well, yeah, but it, it should always be that way. That's a, It's that's intriguing. A, that's a funny thing about uh, sports fandom to me. Uh, there, are, there are plenty of people that are uh, they're fans of the um, fantasy sports. They're fans of the sports betting. And they're fans of, of telling their friends and showing their friends in every fashion they can that they know what is going to happen. I love sports because it's unscripted. I love the fact that you don't know what is going to happen. Like last night, man, I, there's no way that you tell me that that game finishes with the Ducks needing to score 14 to win that game in the final seconds and are bouncing extra points off the uprights just to eke out a 28-27 victory against North Carolina. But that draws me in. Well, and, and honestly, you can say what you want about the game not maybe living up to the the expectation or the way that it was kind of drawn up or the narrative around it, but like the game really did have a little bit of everything. You had yes. drama at the end. You had the insane interception that was like a you know a highlight reel type thing, totally wild. You had a, a one handed catch in there. You had dudes breaking off huge run plays, huge pass plays. You had some NFL talent out there. It had a little bit of everything. Everybody's covered in whatever the hell they painted the field with. <laughs> yeah, the all play of different the, the of play of the game. Might have been the referee ducking yes. out of the way of the Chase Coda catch at the end. Like, but it's it's unscripted entertainment. And for my money, like just sitting back and like going into a game and just watching. Like I didn't watch it, but man, I would have loved to have been watching last night's Pelicans game. You have you have uh Zion Williamson go for the final 14 to win a game. Like, I mean, the the other night with uh Luca. Luca? Yeah. Come 
Oh, I know. Man. And this is this is mid-season NBA, and there's so many things that are worth watching. Now, every time you go into a game, sometimes it's exactly what you expect. Those are the worst ones. But we sit around all this time, especially in sports media, where there's so many guys trying to be, you know, clairvoyance and orators or whatever. I was talking to a friend of mine that works for a sports book in uh, Las Vegas. He works for the Red Rock Sports Book. He's a manager, uh, and he's worked there for a long time. And I was just kind of picking his brain. And this was back in, like, October or maybe, eh, yeah, maybe maybe September. Must have been September. It was before the NBA started. It was before the NHL had started. It was before the uh, Major League Baseball playoffs. College football and uh, and NFL had just started, but they weren't playing games on Tuesdays because they don't play games on Tuesdays. And I asked him how much money the sports book made on a Tuesday in September. Uh-huh. And they only make money on the bets that actualize that day. So if you have futures bets yeah, and all that, they, right, okay. this is only tickets that uh, that were processed because there was a result that day. So you're only looking at end of the season Major League Baseball. Do you care to guess how much the Red Rock, which is an way off the strip sports book made on a Tuesday with no NFL, no NBA, no hockey, just Random sports and in the U.S. baseball. Oh man, uh, total handle. Let's say uh, 1.2 million bucks. It was it was 1.6. Whoa! I'm actually I, I was I was thinking maybe between one and two, and that still sounded like an absurd amount of money. It's crazy. for for the events you just listed. But yeah, it's like if there's nothing going on, and the casino just sits there and just collects 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 money. So the idea that we're all clairvoyant is stupid. Well, and I, I think that... Um, and patting I, yourself on your back, you're like, dude, I'm at 51%. Good I want to say last year, there was a month during the football season that snapped a streak of like 16 or 17 straight football season months that, oh, yeah. that Vegas collectively had been profitable. Like they, they, oh, had, yeah. they had not been beat by the public in like three years worth of NFL season months. You know? Yeah, when was the last time you went to Vegas? Um, let's see. I went to Vegas for a bachelor party three years ago, four years ago. Any new casinos when you went down there? I don't think, I think that like the newest <laughs> casino since I've been like, that was a new casino when I yeah. went down was like the Aria and that was a while ago. So, yeah. but they're, they're building new ones every year. Yes. The, oh yeah. You know how oh, they yeah. do that is we think we could beat the, the, the odds. There's already like dozens out. of the world's best w- hotels in the middle of the desert and they're building more. Why? And if you, if you want to, if you want to bet on sports, bet on sports, have a great time. If you want to tell me that, you know, what's going to happen. Cool. Have a great time. Even if you said North Carolina was going to cover, you didn't predict it that way. I bet them to cover not once, but twice. <laughs> oh, they, you, cause you knew that was going to happen. Just I, like so that. I, I bet it before the game at plus yeah, 13. Yeah. And then when the ducks scored first, I also bet it live a little bit higher. Up, yeah. So. There you go. Cause you knew that was going to happen. I just, I thought it was going to be a game the whole time. Yeah, I didn't think either team was two touchdowns better than the other one. Oh, yeah. So, all right, well, there you go. See that there's your clairvoyance right there. But right now, uh, let's get to the hot five at five. Oh! Hot topics, hot opinions. Oh, golly, I'm hot today. And, Hot air. It's time for the Hot Five at Five. That's hot. The Hot Five at Five on Primetime with Isaac and Sue. No, I mean it. That's very hot. The Hot Five at Five with Isaac and Sue on 1080 The Fan. Number five. Number five. 
Ah, we are getting to my favorite time of year on the sports calendar. And this afternoon's football game between the Dallas Cowboys and the Tennessee Titans marks the end of something we hate and the start of something we love. Tonight is the last Thursday night football game on the calendar. Oh. And we are just two more Sundays away from the NFL playoffs. Yeah. Get that. Yeah, I didn't realize that we were coming to the end of Thursday night football tonight. Yep. I thought yep. about that. Tonight is the tonight is the final one and uh if if you need any more reason that Thursday night footballs are terrible, who's playing for the Tennessee Titans tonight? Nobody. Nobody. So here's the weird scenario though. Basically, they're not they're not confirmed to be in the playoff yet because it's either going to be them or the Jaguars coming yep. out of their crappy division. Yep. So they do still have to beat the Jaguars next week, but it matters not what they do this week. There you go. Very Just strange. need the tiebreaker. Proving once again Thursday Night Football, the worst game on the football calendar. All right. Uh, you know what? We've got a lot of NBA games going on right now. Second quarter, two minutes left. The Hornets lead the Thunder 51-50. The Cavaliers playing against the Indiana Pacers. Also going into the halftime, the Cavaliers. Cavaliers, uh, twenty-two and thirteen. You have pretty Cav- good. You have the Cavaliers doing anything this year in your uh, in your in your mind's eye? You place any futures bets on those Cavaliers? I did not. However, I did think that the Donovan Mitchell move at the time was surprising, but made a ton of sense for them. And uh, the combo of Mitchell and Garland there is pretty good. Sixty-three fifty-nine with a minute eleven left in the second quarter. There, uh, they are only six and nine on the road. So if you want Cleveland uh, to do a little better anywhere, it's probably on the road. They've also got the Clippers playing at the Celtics. Uh, early lead for the Celts, twenty-four fifteen in the fourth quarter. And uh, here's your other team that uh, I wouldn't mind seeing make a deep playoff run. How about the Memphis Grizzlies come out of the West? How do you feel about that? Um, as a basketball fan, I absolutely love the Grizzlies. Grizzlies. As a Warriors fan, I hate them. They've got a little, <laughs> got a little rivalry brewing, and it's been really fun. They're playing the Raptors right now. Uh, two minutes left in the first 27-18 in that one. Uh, let's go through the college football scoreboard, shall we? Bowl games. Boy, Boy there's so many terrible bowl games. Uh, right now, the Oklahoma Sooners uh, is actually are, a good one. It's not a. Uh, it's a close game. It's a close game. Yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent. The six and six Oklahoma Sooners uh, hanging. Pretend tough. like you're not glued to the Cheez It Bowl, Luke. Oh, give me a break. Uh, Florida State leads 18-17, 320 left in the third. Uh, the one that you keep teasing as the Sark Bowl. I like that very yeah. much. Will be played this afternoon. That's going to be one that uh, has a little intrigue. Uh, I'll be eight, watching that one. Eight and four Texas. And you did we t- say this on air? No, we talked about this in the break? break. This was right after we had talked about both Oregon and Oregon State having ten win seasons. Number twelve Washington has a chance to win their eleventh game of the season by taking out their old coach Steve Sarkeesian in, at the Alamo Dome in the Valero Alamo Bowl, kicking off at six p.m. That really snuck up on me. That uh, the fact they can they can notch eleven wins this year. Yeah, Minnesota Minnesota beat Syracuse in the pinstripe hole earlier today. That is a bad boy mower's pinstripe hole. Excuse me, they won 28-20. Uh, that game played at Yankee Stadium. Yep. Very exciting. Uh, Alright, where do we go from here? Oh, uh, back to the NFL. What is going on in <laughs> Oakland? So uh, we, In Las Vegas. Now. Oh, I'm, you're right. 
Uh, Derek Carr has left the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, he has been benched for Jared Stidham, and he is no longer with the team. Apparently, from our earlier conversation, if you did not catch it, apparently if uh, Derek Carr were to get injured, his contract would then become much more guaranteed than it is now. It looks very much like Josh McDaniels and the Las Vegas Raiders are going to be moving on from Derek Carr. He takes his heavy eyeliner and his flowing locks elsewhere next year is the assumption. But we've seen another beautiful quarterback uh, that we assumed was going elsewhere last year just sit on the sidelines, chuck it around, and then ended up playing and then getting injured for the 49ers. So who knows what's going on. And now I've I've heard that very same quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo, connected to potentially the Raiders next season. Oh! And then... Derek Carr with the Niners? I don't know. But no, that, that would be Super Bowl champ Brock Purdy returning to take this out. <laughs> oh, there you go. Can you tell who is a Niners fan in this room? Um, all right, kids. It's a sad number one. But I think this is a big deal. Anytime the greatest at anything passes away, it is a big deal. And Pele is considered by many to be the greatest footballer a footballer out of respect to Pele on the day of his passing. 82 years old, complications from cancer and other uh, internal uh, struggles that he was having. He's been fighting cancer since uh, middle of last year. Uh, Pele passes away at 82 years old. Only player ever to win three World Cups. Yeah, I mean... 58, 62, 70. Maybe the original GOAT before we started throwing around the term for, oh. ev- for every a- athlete. Um Ever, you know, do we, have a, know. do we have a second here? Do you have your sound? Oh, I do. I do there, have are the sound two, here. there are two things that we need to get to yeah. on, on Pele. So I've got the short and uh, the long versions of that. Uh, so I did not have the opportunity to watch Pele uh, play soccer, but it's a name that I knew from my childhood. Anytime you don't have an interest in a sport uh, and you know who the greatest of all time is in that sport, uh, Gretzky in hockey, uh, Pele in soccer are the two in my mind that without watching them just kind of knew. And Gretzky mm-hmm. played while I was a kid, but I didn't watch a ton of Oilers hockey, and I didn't become a Kings fan when they moved out. But Pele, I keep saying Pele. Pele, uh, that's uh, how. Can we, how can we confirm? Because I know that there was some uh, debate on these airwaves about one Jason Swigard and the way that he was pronouncing it. Can we find an authority to tell us how to pronounce this man's name? Well, I, so we've been discussing this. I when I, the news first broke today, I was watching one of the bull games, and Kevin Connors of ESPN kept going Pele, Pele. Well, Dirt and Sprague were absolutely skewering swag for saying it this way not two weeks ago when the World Cup was just getting going. And it led us down a rabbit hole of pronunciations. And, well, I don't know that these are really, whether they're the authoritative one, but you take a listen and tell me whether you think this is right or not. The following pronunciation is brought to you by PronounceNames.com. Pele. 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 Do we have the correct pronunciation of your name? Thank you. Sounded correct to me. The site is called what? The following pronunciation is brought to you by PronounceNames.com. Thank you very much. All right. PronounceNames.com says Pele. So here on this show, we say Pele. Uh, The other thing that I came across, and I need to... um, I think we were skewering this guy... uh, earlier and i think it's necessary that we do that so um 
ESPN. I, I wanted to read a little bit more about Pele, uh, <laughs> the king of the beautiful game, uh, dying at 82. And I went on to ESPN.com, and they have a, uh, a click-through that says, Pele was the benchmark for all sports greats. That's a pretty good headline. Like, not only is he the greatest of his sport, but he set the high watermark for all that came before him. So it's and it's a really in-depth um, kind of obituary article noting just what he meant to being that benchmark standard. Gabriel Marcotti is the senior writer for ESPN FC, and it has been corrected now, by the way. But he wrote, he wrote, uh, Pele. The word meant something not just to fans, but also folks who had never watched a football game, as well as those who hated the sport. In that sense, he was David Beckham before David Beckham, Michael Jordan before Michael Jordan. And now it's been deleted. But it said, he I told was, you the edit was coming. He was Jesse Owens before Jesse Owens. <laughs> Why are we laughing, Luke? Jesse Owens is famous for what, Buck? Do you remember? Do you recall why Jesse Owens became an international icon? Standing up to Hitler in the Olympics yes. in 1936. Yes. Jesse Owens was born in 1913. Pele made his name for himself in the 1958 World Cup. <laughs> Would be very hard to be Pele. Uh, he was Pele Jesse Pele Owens before Jesse Owens was before Jesse Owens. Jesse Owens. That was a little bit of a snafu. Apparently, it made its way around to Twitter. But this is why I don't need Twitter. I discovered yeah. this. And then Joe Fisher, who happened to be hanging around with us, went on to Twitter and said, oh, yeah, people are lambasting him. Uh, but that was a fun little snafu. And then I ended up not reading anything about Pele. But that, well, I, I think I go you, back to You it. read a little bit about Pele. But here's, here's what I go back to is the fact that I knew who he was just through osmosis. Just through living in the world. Just through his existing in sports. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That I knew who he was, and that shows to me greatness. And at 82-year-olds, he passes away. I'm sure that the that the football world is in agony, but the whole world uh, is you know a little less bright when uh, one of the great stars of sport passes away. The great star of anything. To be, yeah. Imagine being the best at anything you've ever done like pick pick the one thing that, that you love the most and being the best in the world at anything better is, at it than anyone else has ever been that a, would be pretty special is astonishing yes well, yeah at one time to be the best in the world at anything is astonishing to be the best ever at anything is is uh transcendent and I, that's what Pele was. i worked with a sportscaster who used to say during warriors highlights stephen curry is better at shooting a basketball than anyone else is at anything else <laughs> <laughs> there you go and uh you could you could translate that to pele at absolutely kicking a, kicking kicking a soccer, soccer ball, ball. So yep. there you go all right uh we move on i've got uh i've got nuggets i've got nuggets from Ooh. the nba not denver nuggets nba nuggets next it is a luke and buck edition of primetime on 1080 the i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month over 70 percent of linkedin users don't visit other leading job sites so if you're not looking on linkedin you'll miss out on great candidates like sandra Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. 
It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. No Isaac, no Souk. We do have a shootout, man. This game is, uh, all right. Buck, I I owe you an apology. I was uh, poo-pooing the Cheez-It Bowl. And it's uh, it's turning into a shootout. Well, uh, it wasn't very good early, as one texter pointed out to us early in this game. There was a point during the second quarter in which Florida State had seven total yards, and now they just took the lead um, in a one-score game. So two traditional powerhouse programs, the Seminoles and Sooners, uh, kind of locked in a battle in the fourth. Could be a fun finish. Yeah, it's just it's it's unfortunate that there's like okay, we talked about this earlier. We we're talking about the. <laughs> The game, the New Year's Six, that none of actually been playing on New Year's. Um, this feels like two programs that are probably both disappointed to be the, in this bowl. I would imagine so. So Oklahoma six and six, Florida State nine and three. Florida State's, I guess, on the rise. Oklahoma new coach, so who knows what Trying the actual feelings stuff are. But out. like, but as a fan base, as boosters, I mean, Florida State went. Two years without losing a football game until yeah. they lost in the college football playoff. Yeah, Jameis Winston was thirty nine and one as a starter ago, yeah. and Oklahoma is has been producing Heisman Trophy winners and playing college football playoffs, playing poorly in college football playoff games. Actually, I guess both teams uh, have had bad showings in the college football playoff, but here they are playing in this game, and it just warms up. And now you've got two teams that go. Oh man, we got a chance to win. I don't care how much you put into the prep. You get into the third quarter, the game's back and forth. It turns into something that's really fun. Would you rather have it be two powerhouse programs or just uh, you know, your middle Tennessee against uh, you know, whomever? No, so I I do think this is the better scenario because I think that what you end up having is even if you have two traditionally two tr- programs that are traditionally stronger, who have had down years or maybe are not in the bowl that they want to be, but they're playing another traditional power, I think that that ups the juice a little bit for both teams. Because even though it's still just the Cheez-It Bowl, for Oklahoma or for Florida State, it's nice to go and put a pelt on your wall that that is Oklahoma or Florida State, I think. So whereas like, you know, the the Cotton Bowl, right, with Tulane and USC maybe doesn't have that. Because you you, you imagine Tulane really wants it and maybe USC, eh, I don't know. Yeah. 
No, it's a fair point. Well, and, that's, and, and I guess this would be one of those scenarios, too, where it, we're talking about expanding the college football playoff, where you have those 12-win games sure. or 12-team or uh, tournaments. Mm-hmm. If Tulane was playing USC and the, the winner had a chance to go on to win a national without championship. Without a ton of juice. Well, but you would also you would have no chance of a team like USC mailing it in. No, like no. that's where it really gets beneficial, and you get these, you know, these these two powerhouse programs where you're just playing for pride, and you know they match up, and nobody thinks either of them are going to win a national championship, but you get them in a second round game or first. The first round games are going to be on campus, right? Uh, that's correct. Yes, Dude. which I think I wish it were the first and the second, because the teams that are getting buys um, won't then get a home game, and I wish that they they would. Yeah, um, I guess that's true. But uh, but I but I think that it's it's obviously taking a step in the right direction because it would be I would almost as a fan rather be the the lower seed or the worst seed so that I would as an Oregon fan maybe would have a chance to go to game to a game in Knoxville or in Columbus or in yeah. uh, Columbia South Carolina or something like that the the trouble that I have with college football as it is sans the expanded playoff I have a, do you ever have a little trouble getting back into the juice of college football? Getting into oh like, yeah, because you're playing every week, every week, every week, every week. Then you get to November and you have this big crescendo with the championship games, and then and then it's like a month long lull, kind uh, of. Yeah, yeah, and it's like I can go watch the winner of the the fourth place team from the MAC against the third place team from the Sun Belt. Or I can do any, literally anything else. But, but in theory, with extra rounds in the playoff yes, now. Yes, this may- is what I'm saying. Yeah, okay, so yeah, we're on the same page. Then you're, you're starting to creep that timeline up a little Ooh. bit to where there's less of a gap. Yeah, yeah. Now, now you're talking. All right, well, this, this game, last night's game, and this game is kind of getting me ready for Saturday. Saturday, to me, is, is, is going to be fun. I think the idea of having TCU in there against Michigan, somebody has to win that game, so you're going to have a new team in the championship game. And how, how do you look at Ohio State-Georgia? Like, when you look at that game, Georgia's the defending champion. They're undefeated. Ohio State is the one that backed into it, but they're Ohio State. Where are, you, where are you putting your where are you putting your uh, your root not not your money where are you putting your rooting interest in this game? That's tough. Um, you know, I, I think any time to see someone not from the SEC have have a chance to take the mantle is probably a good. <laughs> but it's Ohio. State! I know it is, but it's like, do we want? But is Georgia again Are, better? Like, yeah. the, you know, do I want that more? I don't know. I mean, the the I think the the fun thing about this is. I, I had a much different view of this game before the Michigan Ohio State game, and and now I don't know was that a hiccup or are they really that that fallible Ohio well, State or because, is Mich- Michigan that good right or is Michigan that good yeah, and yeah so I, I still think that game has a ton of intrigue even though my rooting it's like choosing between the lesser of two evils oh the yeah, SEC team and Ohio there's, State there's no question about that what's the order of those games on uh Saturday does Michigan TCU play first um let's see here we have because part of me is just just right now coming to the realization that if Michigan wins I'd rather have Georgia win so the first the first game at one o'clock in the afternoon is Michigan TCU followed by Georgia Ohio State at five. Okay, and that's local time, or is that is that is, uh, that is local time? Okay, so yeah, f- four p.m. Eastern, eight p.m. Yep. Eastern, but but one and five our time. All right, so in 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 my mind, well, now I'm going back and forth. 
Would you rather see Ohio State, Michigan again or Georgia, Michigan? I think I'd rather see. I don't think TCU is going to win, but TCU. Eh. I can't really. I'd rather have Michigan. I like. I think Michigan I like Jim Harbaugh. I like Michigan. I think Michigan has more of a chance to to knock off either one. Sure. So for, and for the well, and, obviously, Ohio and State. they haven't been a player in this playoff era yet, and they've been a traditional power. So even college football is better when Michigan's good, right? Too. And and I I also think it's good when the little guy has a fighting chance. And like I know I don't know that TCU is that little. They're still in a power conference, but they're the team that really no one would have expected to be in this spot. So. If if I really thought they had a chance, but I don't think that TCU is getting over on either Ohio State or Georgia, so or Michigan for that matter. It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see what happens and what comes from this. Uh, I mean, is it twenty twenty four that we should have the expanded playoff or could have? The yeah, expanded that, that's playoff? correct. Unfortunately, we got to wait one more year. Uh, I know it's so disappointing. It's so disappointing. So maybe maybe we'll just have TCU and we'll we'll carry them all the way through with our fandom. We'll, sure, we'll root the Horn Horned frogs, frogs. Knuckles up. Let's go. Yeah, they're knuckles. Isn't that they they do that? They like they basically make a peace sign, but then they they bend their fingers over so they make a little horn, like frog horns, their knuckles up. Yeah, I don't know. I know that they use the hypnotoad from Futurama. Yes, yes, they have. Which is which is fantastic. So and then there's something with the horned frog bleeds from its eyes. Yeah, that's that's what makes it dangerous, is that like when it's attacked, it can like shoot poison from its eyes. And that's (laughs) what the red is on on the accent red on all their uniforms. Yeah. Yeah. So all right. Well, I'm 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 in if we're going mascots. I mean, you got to pick the horned frog. That's definitely the wolverine's pretty cool though too. Yeah, wolverine, the fiercest pan- animal, pound for pound in the animal kingdom. Interesting. Yeah. Pound for pound. Yeah, what they're about, they're, they're not the, very big, but they're fierce. Are they just counting uh, mammals? Because I feel like there's some aquatic creatures that. Um, I don't like, know. What's that I'd... shrimp that can uh, you know snap underwater? You ever seen that <laughs> one? A giant one or like? No, it's like this tiny little shrimp, but it makes like a piercing oh, sound loud. And oh, you need to watch some more Blue Planet. I love Blue Planet. Clearly, I've missed one. Oh yeah, no. I, I my dentist uh, has a television in the top of the, uh, the ceiling above the dental chair. How lovely! Oh, it's fantastic. And then uh, they'll give you headphones, and they'll just be like, "All right, watch some TV while we do it." And the only thing I watch there is uh, Blue Planet. Calming. Well, and here's the other thing: is if the hygienist gets a little wild with their little uh, rinse gun, <laughs> it sprays up. It's it works. Like you get a 3D yeah. experience. I was watching. I was, I was watching the the episode on tides, and I swear she timed it out. <laughs> but it was absolutely fantastic. The crabs are jumping across from, uh, you know, like rock to rock. You and suddenly are like, getting the the dental amusement park experience where splash zone is coming. D- oh yes, absolutely, one hundred percent splash zone. All right, uh, we did not get to the NBA yet. We'll do this after uh, we send it over to Buck with a very insightful, enlightening, engaging Sports Center update. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 
Uh, there's one other note on Pele that I wanted to bring up. Uh, we were talking about the pronunciation, and according to how Pele. to pronounce, what is it? Pronouncenames.com. Pele. Pele. Um, I looked up the origin of Pele because that is not his given name. Do you have his given name there uh, on the tip of your tongue? I do not. I remember that uh, that you did. I remember you looking this looking this up earlier. Though. Yeah, we were, we were talking about this. Well, so we 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 did the. Uh, computer-generated pronunciation there, and somebody on the fan text line came back and said, Swag and Connors are right, you guys are wrong. Well, eh, whatever. So I looked up the origin of uh, Pele and where it comes from, and apparently, this is according to Wikipedia, so take it for what it's worth, but according to Wikipedia, he was originally nicknamed Deco by his family, but he received the nickname Pele during his school days when it is claimed he was given it because of his pronunciation of the name of his favorite player, Bile, a goalkeeper for the local Vasco da Gama, uh, which he misspoke. So Pele himself mispronounced someone else's name, so everyone started calling him the mispronunciation and that's how the name stuck, because the more upset Pele got when people mispronounced it, the more people used it. Isn't so that here the... we are at the end of his life discussing how to pronounce his name that all started with a myth, with a mispronunciation. I mean, isn't that the perfect anecdote for any nickname, though? Like the oh, best great. the best nicknames are the ones that nobody asked for, that came about in a funny sense, and that yep. they, they just aren't able to shake for whatever reason. I mean, it's like, uh, you know, I mean, like, even like, you know, Cal Raleigh this season, big dumper. You think he wanted that one following <laughs> him around? No, but now it's been embraced. Everyone loves it. I'm not saying it's Pele, but it, the, the inception of nicknames is always great. And it's especially funny when the person who owns the nickname that everybody else loves hates it. Yeah. So I, I have another story from my dentist. I was at my dentist this week. <laughs> no wonder. My, my dentist, <laughs> my, well, my dentist is uh, a friend of mine from high school. So she and I graduated to, together. Her older brother, uh, quite the football player uh, at uh, Mountain View High School, played for Western Washington. Okay. Uh, but uh, he um, he is now the office manager at the dentist's office. He is friends with my older brother and uh, my next door neighbor. Growing up, and we're all uh, we're all friends now as adults. So uh, Dan joins us on our family camping trips. Okay, and so when I go to the dentist, he always comes by and says hello. And I haven't seen him since our the big camping trip that we do in August. Okay. And I completely forgotten that I gave his son a new nickname. Okay. <laughs> his son is JD. And apparently I was in uh, well, I remember it now that it has been brought to my <laughs> brought to uh, my attention again. But I was pestering JD about what JD stands for. And he wouldn't tell me, so I started making guesses. Sure. And one of those guesses stuck. Mhm. So I see Dan at the dentist's office, and I ask how his Christmas was. And the first thing he says, he goes, "He goes, oh, we had a great time, and uh, and you know, we just we we tried to make sure everything was great for Carter, who's his brother, and Jungle Donkey, <laughs> what which is now what we call JD. And I completely forgotten that I'd given him the name Jungle Donkey 
because I will not see him probably until another camping trip next year. But that is now his nickname that his immediate family is holding on to, and they all absolutely love because for whatever reason he just was being stubborn and didn't want to say what JD stood for. So I hope it's awesome that this young man, and I think he has a potential too, because there are some stories. But he has a potential for greatness, and when he is rich and famous or infamous. Uh, hopefully uh, we can tell the story about how he got his nickname. So love it, but yeah, that's it's it is it's you're one hundred percent right. The best nicknames are the ones that everybody else likes more than you, and that's why I I never respected the whole Kobe Black Mamba thing. He just yes! woke up one day and decided I want people to start calling me Black Mamba. It sounds cool. It's a poisonous snake. I'm like, no 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 no, dude. This isn't. You think Charles yeah. Barkley wanted to be the round mound of rebound? No, no. somebody else put that on him. Yep. Amen. All right. So. With that, one more try on the the NBA NBA notes, (laughs) and we'll do that next to wrap up the sports portion before we get into the club hour. Uh, This is a Buck and Luke edition of Primetime on 1080. I was looking for uh, Hot 5 at 5 material and uh, just perusing through the NBA news and notes and uh, did not find anything uh, that was really newsworthy, but everything seemed to be noteworthy. So I thought I would go through a handful of little uh, little stories that uh, you may have missed from the NBA. Um, first one, very quick, Grayson Allen, still a terrible dude. So and I don't so I don't think I've seen this. I've seen his antics in the past. Obviously, it feels like he's been uh, flying under the radar or without incident for a while. But what did he do this time? Uh, so he's getting he's getting screened, um, and he's uh, they're you know playing against uh, the Chicago Bulls. And uh, he gets checked or uh, screened into DeMar DeRozan. And so what would you do if you're getting checked into a player who has their back to you and, uh, you know, you have a perfect opportunity to get around them or take the Grayson Allen choice, which is go right throw through out him? your elbow uh, okay. and try to go through him. Yeah. Like, that guy... Like first of all, like it's it's a bummer that he's good enough to stick around. <laughs> uh, but I'm just waiting for the headline where it's like Grayson Allen beat to a pulp by the rest of the NBA. Like he just has been such a news. And you're right, but you, you don't hear about him for anything else other than being a D back. Right, and it's it's funny now because that has followed him around since college. It's almost the only thing anyone looks for. That, yep. Oh yeah, and yeah. so you know, it, but it's all the stuff is just, it's all too borderline to be coincidence now. You know, it's like the first tripping that looked bad. Well, maybe from a different angle and not in slow motion, it wouldn't have been like, but like we've had like five or six of these incidents now, it feels like. And yeah, at some point when someone shows you who they are, you got to believe them. And uh, tremendous douche is, uh, is who he is. Yeah. And and Draymond Green kicking you in the nads, uh, even if it's an accident was probably an accident, you don't, but you don't get away with it because you're Draymond Green, (laughs) right? Just to just to bring it back to your warriors, so that you're familiar with the, uh, the always the good to bring it home for me. Yeah, I'm happy to happy to do that for you. Um, I talked about this a little bit in the update or earlier at some point uh, when we were doing the hot five. Uh, Zion Williamson, why Zion Williamson had himself a game last night. Forty three points, playing against the Timberwolves. Thirty three in the second half, and each of the final fourteenth fourteen points scored by the Pelicans. So he finishes with 14 straight, okay. 33 in the second half, 43 overall. That is a dominant performance. It is fantastic. But what got my attention was something that Devontae Graham did. Oh, I thought you were going to go CJ McCollum. Did CJ do something? Oh, no. I just, you know. Oh, no. I don't care about CJ. Good. He doesn't play for this team anymore. I don't mm. care. 
Um, no, Devontae Graham, uh, guard for the New Orleans Pelicans, mm-hmm. did a very classy thing. So Zion, of course, is being interviewed after the game because he had a great he had a great game. Well, uh, Jennifer Hale is the reporter doing the interview, and the Pelicans have basically decided, you play a game like that, you're getting drenched. So they'll come over with water bottles, and Devontae Graham very gently just brushes Jennifer on the shoulder, moves her aside, and then the team mobs. Is this so hard to do? It is Baseball? It's not. Baseball is the worst at this. Oh, Learn yes. something from the NBA. Like every gal out there doing a broadcast hit with who with star of the game just absolutely gets annihilated. There like there was a piece on I think it was MLB uh, network where the gal was talking about how she's like, "Yeah, I just had, had to start dressing differently and being prepared for it because if our team wins, I'm going to be standing there and I'm going to get hosed." Yeah, I had a number of coworkers working in TV who who went through that very same thing whether it was you know, I mean, and the baseball season is so freaking long that you got 81 home games, and if four or five or six of them end in a walk off, or include, you know, some stellar three home run performance, or somebody throws a shutout or whatever, like that yep. guy's always getting it. So there's like 20 instances a season where someone's getting drenched, and about half of them, the poor reporter is too. I know. So it wasn't that difficult. He did it in a very nice way, and she gave him a shout out on the uh, on the interweb saying thank you for it. But yeah, that makes a big difference, man. Like, I like that. It's not gotta, that hard to go that far. You out got of the a way. lot of work to do after that interview for the rest of the game. You're talking with you know the channel back home and the the post game show and doing all of those things. You don't need to do it covered in Gatorade. Uh, yeah, and at least. It feels like most of the time it is water now, but it's awful when it for them when it's like Gatorade oh, sure. or God forbid you won a wild card round and, and you're soaked in champagne and it's uh, and it's October yeah and, and, it's and, you, and you gotta be and you're gonna be covering the team for the next three hours because they're yeah. moving on to the playoffs or whatever and you're soaked and sticky. Come on, be better, be more like Devonte Graham. Also, be more like Devonte Sabonis. Uh huh. You catch what he went through in the last few days. Um, so, I mean, I've, I've been following at a glance uh, or a, a distance a little bit because I actually used to, for a full season, I produced every um, Kings pre and post game. So I kind of keep tabs on them a little yep. bit. Uh, I know that he's been having a stellar year. And I think for the first time in franchise history, they had three players combined for over 90 points the other night. Uh, he's, he's been playing great. He's an all-star candidate, but I didn't see any specific uh, accomplishment from him. Uh, fracture. In his thumb. Okay. He has two options. One. Cut it off. Ronnie Lott style. Play through the pain. Okay. Two. Have surgery that's going to put him out four weeks. Mm-hmm. He opts for play through the pain. Nice. See his stat line from last night? No. What'd he do? 31, 10, and 5. I guess he's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely love that stuff. Like, I know it's just a comparison where it's going, oh, he could have been out four weeks. Instead, he took one day and came back and did this. But this is what the Kings need. Like, the Kings are an interesting team to me, too. We we're talking about the Memphis Grizzlies. I have no idea who's going to win the West. Like, when was the last Wide open. When was the Wide last time? Open. I mean, I guess last year, you didn't really expect the, the Warriors no, to go through no, they do, were not- do what they did. But I thought I knew who was going to win the West. I thought it was going to be Phoenix, Mm -hmm. and I thought it was going to be the Lakers doing something, and of course they didn't, Mm -hmm. which was fantastic. But this year, I genuinely have no idea who's going to win the West, and that to me is fantastic. To be quite honest, I don't really know who's going to win the East either. The NBA feels more wide open now than it's ever been, and parity has always been 
their biggest Achilles heel, I think, as a league. There there are more championships that are teams playing back-to-back championships or back-to-back appearances in the finals or, you know, teams that have won, you know, franchises that have won overwhelmingly Boston and Los Angeles. Even the Bulls with their six uh, with Jordan is a ton for a franchise. Imagine if the, the NFL was that way, how quickly we'd become disinterested. Oh, yeah. But if they have figured out something to create parity in the NBA, or if this is just a little blip where we don't know what's going on, to me it's absolutely fantastic. It's so. interesting because I feel like it's it's partially driven – by it's like it's this weird combination of the very best players chasing championships but not too hard so as to be like total super team yeah. but i do want to have my big 3 or whatever so it's like i kind of did it on my own but with the help that i chose and it feels like all the talent like you're not getting you haven't had a team like the warriors when they got durant really since since then where yeah, yeah. everybody is is like that good well uh, but, you're starting five but i feel like you have all these superstars that are trying to make their own path and set themselves up to be flanked by one or two others which has made 10 or 12 teams really good because you've got like excellent trios on a bunch of those teams well but there's a huge difference between kevin durant going to a winning organization mm-hmm and a team that has a culture. And I would make the argument that LeBron James and Chris Bosh going to an organization and a team with a winning culture and organization that know, knew how to win. Mm-hmm. Going and trying to create your own super team out of thin air is very different. Oh, it is. It is. It absolutely very is. Very different. And remember, the, the, the Heat did not win the first time out of the gates. No. Which was the best thing for them. The only reason they did end up winning, and LeBron James said as much, is that he kind of thought it would be a lot easier than it was. So Yeah, though not the, not four, not five, not six, not seven. One hundred percent. But they were not the the world beaters that, that everybody thought they would be. And the battles they had with the Spurs were absolutely fantastic. The 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 loss that they had to the Mavericks was the one that caught everybody off guard. But yeah, it's it's hard to win an NBA championship. No no matter how good you are, but just going and crafting your super teams. So whether it's the the players kind of you know doing things the wrong way or whatever it is, the parody is fantastic. So right. I have a question for you sure. on this before we wrap it up. And, and I, I guess is it is it a situation where because I feel like we always desire the parody, but then when the parody comes, I feel like it it generates less interest than if you get the traditional powers in there. Like I thought when we got. The Suns versus the Bucks. I thought it was great, but I thought a lot less people cared than when it was Warriors Cavs Part Four. And like, I don't necessarily think people yeah. want that. But then you do get the kind of the the blip, the the non traditional. And then I feel like, well, okay, all the good guys are out. So now what? You well, know? so okay. One year of parity, I don't think is going to make that much of a difference. Where the NBA is going to benefit as a whole sure. Im- immediately. So if you if you ever looked at the heat map of where sports fans are, have yeah, you ever seen yeah, yeah, those are cool. Have you ever seen the the NBA one and looked at it closely? Not recently. Okay, so so just to give you an example, so like the NFL, there's there's a red and blue area on the map that meet right around Portland where San Francisco 49ers fans run into Seattle Seahawks fans. Okay. And and the Seahawks fans go all the way into like Montana where they run into Vikings fans down into You Utah. see where all the border wars are yeah, essentially. Utah yeah, Utah where they run into to to the the um the Broncos, right? So that's the NFL map just to give you kind of a frame of reference. The NBA color map 
is purple with little dots everywhere. Yeah. Everybody that does not have a local team is a Lakers fan. Mm-hmm. And it's and I'm watching the the uh, magic documentary on um on Apple TV okay. and it's kind of indicating why Showtime Lakers were something. And I'm they, only a couple episodes in, but they had a they had an aura that drew people. Well, that and the NBA was I mean before Magic Johnson and Larry Bird, the the NBA was going the wrong direction. That was a league that was that was aiming towards implosion more than anything. It was not it was not transcendent like it became with with the, the, those matchups that really started in college between those guys. But that's that's a whole other story. But I think for parity to actually catch on, you need to have all of the local fan bases be interested. Like, how often, you know, are we as as Portland fans, you know, championship or bust, and then as soon as your team's out of it, you're like, ah, I'm, I'm done. And so you check out on it. But if you could go where, like, in a three-year window, you can turn around and have a championship team by getting a few draft picks and doing that. Like, the idea that, that tanking actually works in the NBA, to me, is stupid. I would agree with that. It, it hasn't done it. It hasn't proven to work for anyone effectively yet. The, the, the you can call it a tank. David Robinson getting hurt got the Spurs. Tim Duncan mm-hmm. that worked. Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and Draymond Green going in and out with back spasms got the Warriors a first round pick. But it, well, that, it got them that, James Wiseman. But that guy is not the reason they came back and won no, a championship. Not at all. So like, it, there's just there's not very many indications that one guy or or, or tank. Like, how many picks do the Oklahoma City Thunder have? A million and one. And what do you want to bet? They never win anything. <laughs> like, I don't like they. Right now, they're not on the path. To I think if a anything, team. they've just given themselves as many lottery tickets as possible in the hopes that if they hit one or two, that'll be enough. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, but that's what you have. But, but to that's do. And, and that's but, what that you're relying on. So but all look of them at the Philadelphia on. 76ers. How many first, second, third picks did they have? And they are no closer to winning a championship than anybody else. And they haven't really even been that close. Exactly. So it's 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 just kind of it's kind of a mess. We didn't get to very quickly. There's one last story <laughs> that we need to get to. And then we can carry this over. We'll carry this over into the club. That's how we'll do it. We'll transition this into a club. There is a player, a rookie for your Golden State Warriors. Ah, yes. His name is Patrick Baldwin Jr. Mm-hmm. He was given a nickname by a man named Doug Collins, mm-hmm. started calling him PBJ. Patrick Baldwin Jr. has been going by PBJ since the fifth grade. He is now a 20-year-old rookie in the NBA, and just last week he tried his first ever peanut butter and jelly sandwich. How is this possible? How on earth is that possible? So here's my question for you for the club hour. If you're listening at home, Please join in. 503-250-1080. What is the one food or the one experience that you certainly should have tried by now, but you haven't? Ah, this is a good question. We will start there. The Club Hour is next. Primetime on 1080 The Fan. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.